The Z-Ball Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast, where we are less than 24 hours away from the start of the 2018 NBA Draft. And uh, joining me to discuss this and some other uh, free agency news, uh, NBA Finals recap uh, talk, diehard Los Angeles Lakers fan, Rebound. What up, Rebound? How's it going? Yo, what's up, man? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing well. Uh, Looking forward uh, to the draft, uh, number one, but more so to NBA free agency but uh, I guess first, uh, we're about two weeks removed from the end of the 2018 NBA Finals. So just kind of wanted to get your thoughts a little bit on how that played out. It's kind of pretty much what everyone expected. And then uh, now the Warriors, uh, three titles in four seasons. Uh, do you kind of consider them among the greatest teams ever, the greatest dynasties ever? What do you think? Uh, yeah, they definitely got to be one of the greatest teams ever. I mean... The, the season that they lost, they were seventy three and nine, and then blew the three one lead. So definitely one of the greatest teams ever. But they did add Kevin Durant, so but still one of the greatest teams ever. And uh, sorry to Cleveland, just what we expected from them. I picked the Warriors in five from the start. Uh, shout out to your other guest, Shea Money. He picked the Warriors in four a sweep. He was right, and I just. I mean, after game one, Cleveland was just buried down on the series. It was a big momentum switch. Okay, and I mean, in regards to Golden State, um, most of their players are either in their prime or entering their prime. Uh, most of their core great players on their team, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant. How long do you think they can keep this going, and do you think there's anything that any obstacle that can kind of break this uh, dynasty up? Yeah, there's definitely a big obstacle. Draymond Green said he's not taking the max and he's hoping to get the super max, which I think he has to be defensive uh, player of the year or in the MVP race to get. But I don't think he, I think someone's going to want to leave at one point. I think KD and Steph stay, but I think Clay and Dre might, or Dre might leave. And is that going to be due to salary cap issues for the most part? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think Draymond is just is going to leave, and uh, I think he's he's going to be the odd man out, unfortunately. Okay, for sure. And on the other side, for Cleveland moving forward, obviously a big summer for them. Do they go back to being uh, the Cleveland we saw from 2010 to 2014, or does LeBron come back, and do they have some somewhat uh, respectability moving forward? Wow, so we're going to get straight to the point. I think LeBron's leaving, but I'll save that to where he's going for later in the podcast. Uh, they did say there were original reports that they were going to trade Kevin Love if LeBron leaves, and then another report came out today saying they're going to keep Kevin Love whether LeBron stays or leaves. So I don't know what they're going to do, but they have a couple of decisions to make. What 
with the draft tomorrow. Okay, okay, for sure. Uh, and then in regards to LeBron, obviously uh, second straight finals loss for him. Uh, he's falling now to three and six overall in the finals. Uh, do you think he's uh, completely out of the uh, discussion when it comes to Michael Jordan and him, or does he still have a shot moving forward being at age 33 and moving towards the latter part of his career? Well, most people are going to say he's out of the obstacle of being in the conversation of Michael Jordan because the three and six finals, but I don't. I just think he's still in there. If he goes somewhere else and wins a, a, a title or two, I think he... You definitely have to keep him in there in, in that conversation. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, your boy Kobe uh, has been kind of pretty active on Twitter recently in regards to kind of the discussion of appreciating LeBron, appreciating Jordan, appreciating himself. And some uh, media people are kind of calling this a desperation call on Kobe's uh, side uh, to kind of keep uh, notice on him in regards to that discussion. And they kind of see it as a a move of fear on his part because he doesn't he he thinks that he's kind of being left out of the discussion moving forward. What do you think about the media in large and what do you think about Kobe's activity on social media? Uh yeah, Kobe shouldn't be responding to anyone on social media. He he doesn't have time for that. He shouldn't be doing it. He knows better than that, but yeah, he definitely it's definitely has a fear of him being left out and he just doesn't want to be left out, and he wants to be in that conversation. His goal was to be Jordan, to be better than Jordan and be like Jordan, and now it's just LeBron and Jordan, and he's being left out. Okay, I mean, kind of the scene around L.A., is that uh, pretty much the opinion that LeBron has passed up Kobe, or do Kobe critics, or Kobe apologists, Kobe fans, are they they're more of the opinion now that... Kobe's still better, or has LeBron passed him up in their opinion? What's the, the kind of consensus there? I mean, if you're a Laker fan, you, you're biased, so you're still going to say Kobe's better, and that's every Laker fan in L.A. I mean, I'm one of the rare ones. I have admitted to it. I said if LeBron won one in Cleveland, he, he, it'll move him up, and he could have not done that in a, a better fashion to we'll come back from that 3-1 and put up those amazing numbers and get that championship. So I think that's what put him over the top of Kobe. Okay, alrighty, fair enough. And then I guess for Cleveland, some other things, obviously moving forward into their offseason, I mean, I think I kind of saw like some marginal role guys on their team are getting huge salaries next year. So even if they do end up keeping LeBron, they're kind of, uh, cap for salary space and they're definitely going to be a repeater a luxury tax team again so I mean they can't really do much in the way of signing free agents other than Le bringing back LeBron so their only option is to trade I mean so can they can't really do anything effective in that manner correct? Yeah absolutely the, the, the only option is trade okay alright so, I mean, getting past the NBA Finals, obviously, takeaways from that is that Golden State definitely is one of the more historic dynasties. Uh, do you consider them a dynasty three and four years? And moving forward, maybe they get maybe another one or two? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. They're a dynasty. Three and four years? Come on, man. And I think pretty much right now, I mean, I don't see any team beating them 
don't see any team better than them right now. Okay, and kind of comparing them to kind of some other dynasties that we've seen in the past 20, 25 years, let's say, are they co- comparable to the uh, maybe the late 90s Chicago teams, maybe the San Antonio teams of the 2000s, the Lakers of the early 2000s? I mean, how do you think they kind of compare to those teams, those dynasties? They're definitely in there, but, I mean, today's basketball is just a lot different than it was then, so... I don't know how really to compare them, but they're with the, they're in those in those teams. Yeah, I, I'm too little or too young to know about the Bulls. I really didn't. I was young back then, so I wasn't watching basketball. And I start, I just can relate to the the Spurs and the Lakers dynasties, but they're definitely in that that topic for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, definitely for sure. I mean, obviously. Uh, a lot can be made, a lot of arguments, which rules are, are going to be played if these teams ever faced and who would win a, in a hypothetical situation. But unfortunately, we're never going to be able to see it in person to find a definitive answer. So it's yeah. it's just a lot of ob- objective opinions uh, one way or another. So obviously, congratulations to the Warriors. They deserve it. Uh, three championships in four seasons, obviously. And kind of legacy... Uh, kind of defining stuff moving forward for the Warriors best player in my opinion the last two seasons Kevin Durant obviously this is for him now two straight uh, finals MVPs two straight championships uh, he's now has four scoring titles as well one MVP and he hasn't turned 30 yet so kind of uh, the trajectory what do you see of him I mean kind of moving forward uh, he could definitely be the league's all time uh, scorer in points by the time his career is over do you see top 10, top 5? What do you see for him as potential-wise? I, th- I think top 10 is his ceiling, in my opinion. Okay, I mean, can he move ahead of maybe some of those guys that you have uh, kind of near the top 10? I don't know who's in your kind of near that borderline top 10. Do you see him, Who do you see him kind of moving and kind of displacing from the top 10? I don't know. I really don't have a top 10 off the top of my head. I have like maybe like a top 6, top 7. That's about it. Okay, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the from the, the, the way he's going, the pace he's going on, in my opinion, obviously, like I mentioned, all the scoring titles. He already has two more scoring titles than Kobe, and Kobe's one of the greatest scorers ever. I think, uh, obviously, he has one MVP, and then now he's been the, the best player on two straight finals championships teams and i mean if he if he was more durable than he was i mean than he normally is if he didn't get injured so much it would be kind of even a better trajectory for him scoring wise i mean he'd probably pretty much be a lock to break kareem's uh career scoring record but he's gotten some little nicks and kind of some major injuries along this uh 10, 11 seasons of his career. So that's kind of been a little bump in the road for him. But he's definitely on pace, in my opinion. I don't care what anyone says. Weak move going to Golden State after they won 73 games. He's been the best player both both straight seasons for them. Uh, He might not be the most important player. For sure, he's the best player on the team, in my opinion. Yeah, I can agree with that. Absolutely. He's the best player, and it's been proven. And this message is just, to all the Steph Curry fans out there, Steph had his chance to get his finals MVP this season, and he clearly choked in Game 3 it was, I believe, 
and this is where Kevin Durant went off with 43 points. Steph only had 11, which two, he shot, his only shot been nine, with two garbage time free throws. And Steph has choked in the finals quite a few times. Okay, so on the other side, I guess for Stephen Curry, obviously three three trap three championships. He's been the best player on one of the three championships, in my opinion. Two straight MVPs, uh, the only unanimous MVP in NBA history, probably the greatest shooter in NBA history by most people's account. So I guess for his legacy, what do you see? Do you see do you see top ten for him, or is it kind of somewhere in the top twenty? Not top ten. No, don't even put, don't even say that. He's not top ten. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, so where do you see him? Uh, top 20, probably. Top 20? Okay. Main 25. Because I think he was already on a list. Two. This is just two years ago he was on a list. I think he, he was number 22 on that list okay, all time. 22 is fine. Okay, but that was two years ago. I mean, he's obviously kind of maybe climbed from that 22 if he was at that time. Maybe five spots max, like 17, 18. Okay. And I mean, as far as, I mean, do you, you don't see him for... Any any chance of him getting in the top ten? Top fifteen, Max. He hasn't won a Finals MVP. Can you name any other player who won the regular season MVP? His team won to the championship, and he didn't win MVP. And not only he didn't win MVP, a bench player won MVP. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, but that that season that Iguodala won it, I mean, his numbers were pretty good in the finals, and he was the best player on that team throughout the entire season. So. I think that's more important in my opinion. Are you the best player through the entirety of the season instead of just the NBA Finals? So, I mean, I think in my opinion, through the entirety of the season as a whole, he was the best player in 2014-2015. So I I give him a lot of credit for that season. I mean, that's definitely the season. And even 2016... Everyone jumped on the Steph Curry bandwagon. Oh, I love the Warriors. All these fucking Laker fans out here, fucking bandwagons. And now they they need to stay with the fucking Warriors. What what's your opinion of those ty- those types of people? The I don't like that. And they're saying, oh, they're in our division. They're in our state. I need we need a root for them. No, it doesn't fucking work like that. And then I asked them, oh, are you going to root for the Clippers? They're in our division. No, they're our crosstown rival. Okay, so in regards to that, I mean, do you think they were rooting more for the Warriors because they like Stephen Curry, or was it more because they they weren't such big fans of LeBron James at the time? Because they hate LeBron. That's probably, that's, that's why all Laker fans are Warrior fans, because they hate LeBron, and now someone, there's a better team to stop LeBron. Okay, fair enough. So I guess that'll do it for finals talk. I mean, obviously it was pretty much what everyone expected. Quick series in the favor of the Warriors, and uh, I think they had a 15-point margin of victory throughout the average throughout the four games. So it's pretty dominant like we expected. And with that, we'll move into the most exciting part of the offseason for me, which is free agency. So we'll start with the the big name, the best player in, in the league for the past ten consecutive seasons, in my opinion, LeBron James. Is he go, is he coming to your Lakers, Re? Yeah, he is. He's coming to the Lakers. His son is already enrolled into uh, high school in the Los Angeles area uh, suburb, Sierra Canyon, which is about ten minutes from my house. And he's coming. He's coming over. 
Vegas has the Lakers as the favorite to land him. Okay, and does he does he want to get involved with uh, the ball the ball family? I mean, is that something that might hinder him from coming to the Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, it definitely was because Lonzo signed the diss track last week on Kuzma, and I think the Lakers. That's why Magic told him to tone it down, and then. Earlier today, he posted a picture of him in Mexico with his brother and a couple other guys showing he's ripped so it can show that, show entice LeBron that he's working out throughout the summer, but I don't think LeVar is going to be an issue for LeBron. Okay, for sure. And does LeBron come to and sign with the Lakers with no assurances of any other superstar like a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard coming along? Does he come just no, alone? he's not coming alone. There's no chance he's coming alone. He's, he's, I'm sure he's been talking to Paul George or someone else who he wants to play with. He's not coming alone. I mean, even if he gets Paul George, he, he's going to contend. But without Paul George, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to contend in the West. He's, he's not coming alone, and he's probably going to want them to trade some young assets for another star. Okay, and aside from the Lakers, uh, any other teams kind of in play that you think can possibly land Kawhi and LeBron other than the Lakers? Uh, I would, off the top of my head, the only team I can think of is Philly. They can get both of them? Yeah, because they they'll sign LeBron in free agency and they have the assets to get Kawhi. Okay. Without giving up Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Wow, that would really be something to see. Even LeBron just by himself on, on the Philly, which is where I think he's ultimately going to go at this point. I think that's what I originally thought at the beginning of the summer. But there's just too, there's just so much momentum that he's coming to the Lakers. It's been, it's been on full force. But I mean, let's talk about the Lakers. I mean, their free agency—they haven't really hit a big in free agency in a really long time. I mean, when's the last time they signed? A big free agent. I know they've made trades and stuff, but when's the last time they signed a big free agent? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. It's been a while. I can't even remember. I think the last time was the biggest name probably was Ron Artest back in '09, and then before that was probably when they tried to pull the whole super team in '04 with signing Malone and Payton. Yeah, I mean the last the last time they got like a really big name, like LeBron esque type name, was when Kobe was a rookie when they signed Shaq. That was really that's really the only time I can really remember when they yeah. they signed a big name, and that was when they stole Shaq uh, from Orlando and probably changed the course of their next like six seven seasons after that with that signing. Yeah, so, I mean, and then I mean, recently they haven't even been able to get into get like B-level free agents to buy in kind of guys like Greg Monroe, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Hassan Whiteside. I mean, these guys haven't even been signing with them. They've kind of just been left with the, the C-level scraps. Yeah, so that's because all the whole fucking organization was a mess and you had Jim Buss running everything and Mitch Kupchak, who was okay, he was good, but everything just became a fucking mess. But now you have Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka running the show, and LeBron also loves Magic Johnson. I think that's going to play a huge factor. Okay, I mean, 
what's kind of the dynamic there between Palinka and Magic? I mean, we we all know, or most people who do, who know anything about basketball know that Palinka is the guy with the brains and kind of the more knowledgeable with when it comes to the CBA and kind of dealing with GMs and stuff throughout the league. We know Magic, obviously, he's one of the greatest players ever, Hall of Famer, probably the greatest point guard ever, and. But he, we know he's kind of failed in these kind of front office positions. I mean, kind of being coach of the Lakers, uh, kind of some other front office consultant positions. I'm not sure how well he knows the CBA. So who's kind of pulling the strings there and making the important decisions? Is it Palenka or is it Magic? I think Magic is probably saying a lot of decisions, but he's running them through Palenka before he makes it. Okay, and then... This is kind of an interesting question to you. Uh, Magic and Palinka sit in a room with LeBron, or Jerry West sits in a room a room with LeBron. Who's more Who's more convincing to LeBron to come to their respective team? Magic Johnson. He, he even said he he idolized Magic Johnson. He's too young for Jerry West. Jerry West was not his time. Magic Johnson's more of a public figure too. Okay, for sure. But I guess kind of Jerry West kind of relates to LeBron kind of in the way that he kind of got criticized for his finals record. and But on the one hand, he was a good individual player and a Hall of Fame type level player. So he relates to LeBron on that level. And he's always defending LeBron in that case. So, I mean, any chance that he can bring LeBron to the Clippers and kind of maybe trade for Kawhi as well? What do you think? There's always a chance. You can't say there's no chance, but I'd say I'd give it to Slim the Nun. Okay. All right. For sure. So let's let's kind of talk about this whole Kawhi saga. I mean, this is uh, kind of some drama that you usually don't see with this uh, team and and this franchise throughout the last 20, 25 seasons uh, under the reigns of Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford. The Spurs, I mean, they they never really have these cultural-type problems. And then recently they've had kind of a little riff with LaMarcus Aldridge. They were able to solve that last summer. Now Kawhi, I mean, missed 73 games this season, wasn't traveling with the team towards the end of the season, wasn't in any, any of the games. Obviously, uh, reports are that he's in L.A. and in Southern California and San Diego currently, and Greg Popovich recently met with him. And... All reports, all indications are that he wants to come home to L.A. and join the the Lakers. So what what is going to happen eventually? And do you think Greg Popovich ultimately trades him to the Lakers and such a rival that they've been for Popovich in his 20, 25 seasons as a head coach? I don't know what's going to happen, but I think he's definitely out. I, I went... If it's going to happen in the off season, it'll happen in the next two weeks. Otherwise, they're going to wait until the season starts, and they're just he's just going to have to play out. But I think it's going to be like the Paul George stuff last season, where he said he wanted to go to L.A., but he's gonna he ended up somewhere else, which was just a curveball ending up in Oklahoma City. I don't know where he can end up. I think Boston is a, a name where he can go. A team, excuse me, a team where he can go to, which they have the assets, which they don't have to trade their two big stars, Al Horford or Jason Tatum or Kyrie, to get him. And then I think they can just get him. And But the thing is, with getting him, is he going to sign the extension with that team? 
after giving out the assets for him. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the the what's kind of changed now for players in regards to trade. We, obviously, we saw that with Kyrie last summer, where obviously, I think Cleveland was pretty much dead set on it looked like trading him to Phoenix, but obviously Kyrie kind of held the card with uh, maybe a few years remaining on his contract that he's not going to sign that long-term extension with Phoenix. So with that, he kind of does have a no, he kind of did have a no trade clause and kind of commanded and controlled his way to where he eventually had Cleveland trade him was, which was to Boston. So Kawhi, in my opinion, kind of has that same power. I mean, with only one year left on his deal, and obviously, reports out saying whoever, if, if he does get traded to any other team, he's just gonna tell them, "Oh, I'm I'm leaving to LA after the season." Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what's. I mean, what players do now. I mean, they don't commit long term, so it's very risky for teams to trade uh, trade away young assets, young draft picks for a rental type. Uh, basis one year rental type basis for these superstar types like Kawhi Leonard Kyrie Irving so they don't really risk doing that so I guess with that being said uh ultimately he ends up with the Lakers you think I mean and what what kind of packages are the Lakers going to send back to San Antonio or maybe if he goes to Boston what is Boston sending to San Antonio I think yeah he ultimately ends up with the Lakers I, in my opinion as a Laker fan if, if LeBron comes, which I said he is, I think it's worth it to get Kawhi. It's tough, but you're going to have to give up. I, I think it's worth any two players on the, on the current roster right now. And a lot of people are saying to match salaries, you're going to have to give up another player. And if they can get rid of Luol Deng's contract, I think it's a home run. Okay. Fair enough. So, what what's what's the kind of deal look like? Uh, what what is it? Probably Ingram, Kuzma, Dang, and a draft pick? A pick, the twenty fifth pick for just Kawhi straight up. Kawhi and maybe someone else they'll have to include to match salaries. Do, do they need to get a third team involved? They said that Phoenix is interested in taking on Dang's contract, so they might be into the trade. Okay, yeah, I mean, Phoenix might be looking at it from the aspect of Luol Deng can help out a lot of their young players like Josh Jackson, Devin Booker, kind of provide some veteran leadership. So that that they might be willing to take on Luol Deng's contract for that reason. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then kind of in regards to Paul George, I think everyone's kind of already penciled him, him into L.A. going back all the way to last summer. So does he come to L.A. as well this summer? And put on a Laker year. Uh, today on Colin Coward's show, he was saying he was talking about uh, LeBron and Paul George doing speed dating, seeing what they they have in each other, and to see if they can play together. But Paul George should be coming to LA too, and to form a big three of Paul George, Kawhi, and LeBron. Okay, and. I mean- uh, how much over the cap would that put the Lakers? I mean, with all the... I don't even know. What would LeBron get? Like two years, 55, 60? Yeah, LeBron's probably signing like a three-year, like 75, I'm guessing. And with a with a player option for the third season, I would guess, some, somewhere along those lines. And then, I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, Kawhi obviously probably would have one year left. At yeah, Kawhi would play out his contract. That's right. One year with like twenty million or something, and then Paul George obviously is going to get somewhere. I mean, he, somewhere in the twenty million range as well. So, I mean, the only way I guess they would kind of avoid the tax is if some of those guys take cuts. But I don't. I don't really see that happening. I mean, if LeBron comes, which I think he is, the Lakers will do whatever LeBron says LeBron wants. LeBron just doesn't want to come to L.A. and live and not contend for a championship. He wants to come and contend. Okay, but kind of, uh, I guess from a narrative standpoint, let me kind of play a little devil's advocate to the Laker, LeBron going to the Lakers. I mean, obviously, if you're kind of in LeBron's ear, I mean, going to LeBron, the Lakers, I mean, why would you go to the Lakers? I mean, there's a lot of Kobe apologists there that, I mean, literally hate you. They think Kobe is such a better player than you. They think you're not even on Kobe's level and you're being compared to Jordan. And obviously there's so much pressure there being with the Lakers. You look at LeBron's career, all the other stops that he's been at, first seven years in Cleveland and the last four years in Cleveland. I mean, these are probably the the best 11 years in Cleveland sports history, not even just Cleveland Cavaliers history, Cleveland sports history. And they've been at the height with LeBron leading leading the helm. Then you look at the four years that he was in Miami. Those four years, as good and as stable as the culture of that the Miami, the Miami Heat is under Pat Riley, the four years that they've had the best run is when LeBron was the best player on the team leading that team. And so obviously, I mean, when he comes to this situation, there's a lot of lore, a lot of legacy with the Lakers. I mean, even if he wins a, a championship or two, he's not really going to be held in high esteem uh, in Laker lore, Laker history. So what's the kind of benefit to him for his narrative, his legacy moving forward if he goes to the Lakers? Because it's not really much upside other than kind of being in Hollywood, being in L.A., yeah, like I said, I think Philly's the best fit for him. That's where I originally thought he was going, but uh, there was, there's reports out saying that he wants to do what's best for his family and what his family wants. So his wife said either Cleveland or L.A. And there's a lot of good schools out here for his son, his son Bronny James, to go to, which he was he's rumored to be enrolled in Sierra Canyon High School. So I think that's that's playing a big factor into him. I think he's looking at other things, not just basketball related. Okay. So I mean, so as far as kind of the narrative, the basketball, he doesn't need it to be a situation where the height of that team's that franchise's, I guess, kind of basketball history is going to be with him leading the way. I mean, because it's not going to be like that if he comes to the Lakers. If he goes to Philly, there's a chance. Obviously, some other teams, for sure, it would be like that. Probably with the Rockets or yeah, the, Cl- the, the Clippers Rockets if it's a long shot. Too. I mean, everyone's going to say, like, oh, he, he can't fit in with Chris Paul and Harden. But, I mean, everyone was saying that last year when they got Chris Paul, saying, oh, Paul and Harden aren't going to fit in together. And I think LeBron's getting 
I'm not saying he, he's not he's declining, but he's getting more towards the end of the career, and, and not at the end of his career, but like he wants to slow down a little bit because he's playing. He played 82 games this season, and then he played all playoffs and all finals. So he can play off the ball. He can uh, with Chris Paul and James Harden there. He'll be fine. He, I think Houston will be a good fit. Okay. So ultimately, you have LeBron going to your Lakers. I think he's going to go to Philly right now. I can't really see any other options. I mean, but going back to 2010 when we kind of all thought it was maybe Chicago, New York, or he's going to stay in Cleveland, Miami emerged at the last second. So we it could be some team that we're not even thinking of at the moment that kind of emerges at the last second, the last couple of days, and he kind of makes the decision based kind of on that. So... There could be a surprise team coming along as well. If there was a surprise team to come along, who do you think it may be? I don't know. I could think Boston maybe joining back with Kyrie, staying in the East, maybe San Antonio to get Kawhi to stay, and then you you contending. Okay, all right. For sure. Here's one. Very dark horse. Portland. Portland, okay. All right. That's interesting. I mean, uh, he would go to the Nike headquarters in Portland. Yeah, or, and the, I mean, the Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, they would obviously let Nurkic go. That's a, that's a solid three right there. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll look at that. I mean, that's, I mean, definitely intriguing now that you bring that up. But, I mean, obviously... L.A. is probably the favorite, according to Vegas odds, like you've been saying, and then Philly and Houston probably uh, close behind as well. No, Cleveland's actually second, surprisingly. Okay. Wow. Then, it, then it's Philly-Houston. Okay. Alrighty, so, I mean, other than LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, obviously Kevin Durant has a chance to be a free agent, Chris Paul as well. Uh I think Kevin Durant's going to be back with Golden State. I think we can agree on that, right? Yeah, no doubt. Okay, and then Chris Paul, obviously, I mean, what is he going to do? I mean, because, I mean, it's been said that he wants kind of the max type money. I mean, and at 33, obviously, we've seen through the last three or four seasons, he always gets injured kind of at the most inopportune times during the season, and that's kind of a problem moving forward. He's not getting any younger. He's already 33, and he's moving towards – the 14th season and the latter stage of his career, is Houston going to dole out the five-year contract to him, or do they go shorter with like three seasons? What do you think? I think probably three seasons. He's worth the max but for three years, not five years. You can't give him five years. And he got injured in the, mo- the most crucial time of the season, in game six and seven, where they could have beat Golden State if they had Chris Paul, in my opinion. And I think they want to keep him, but they also got to pay Capella, too, who's a restricted free agent. So they'll have to match anything he gets. So I think he does stay with Houston. The thing is, if he doesn't stay with Houston, hypothetically, where where can he go? I, I really don't see where he can go. Okay, I mean... Is, does he does him going to the Lakers have any possibility at all? I mean, I mean, like I said, it definitely has a chance. Whatever LeBron wants is going to happen if LeBron comes. And LeBron loves Chris Paul. They're, they're like best friends. Okay. I mean, 
Aside from the names that we mentioned, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, any other free agents that you can think of that that might be moved? Uh, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins is a big name. I don't know if he's staying with New Orleans or not, and will he get the max if he if he does wherever he goes? Okay. Alrighty. Anyone else? I. Andre might opt out. They have Avery Bradley, who's a free agent. I don't know where Bradley's going to go, but DeAndre didn't seem like he wants to stay. He just said, I want to be somewhere where I wanted. He kept saying that during the season. Okay. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre, there's some rumors that he might sign with Houston, obviously, if they're not able to keep uh, Clint Capella. So, I mean, and if they're not able to get LeBron as well. So, I mean, aside from kind of the ones we mentioned, I mean, I can't really think of any other, like, super big names at the at, at this moment. Yeah, uh, there's not super big names, but there's some other big names. Like, Lakers have a couple big names, like Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez, Isaiah Thomas, KCP. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah is the one that kind of just stands out because, I mean, he was probably due to make kind of around 30 million if if he stayed with Boston. Now he's yeah. now what is what is kind of the market for Isaiah after this uh disastrous season? 10 million. What? 10 million? Yeah, 8 to 10. Okay, yeah. I mean, that probably sounds right. Somewhere between the 8 and 12 range. I mean, is he back with the Lakers? Probably not, right? Oh, no chance he comes back to the Lakers. Okay, for sure. All right, I guess with that, I mean, we'll kind of get more into free agency kind of probably in the next coming weeks. I mean, obviously, when it plays out and we hear more reporting, obviously the first domino to fall is going to be LeBron. And and then it probably that's probably usually how it plays out. The first domino is LeBron, and then everything else falls after that. So. Yeah, that's going to be the big thing. Houston has some moves, too, because Ariza's a free agent. Gerald Green's a free agent. Ambamute's a free agent. So they're going to have... They said there's rumors that Ariza is going to go to Golden State. Yeah, I mean, Golden State, I mean, it seems like they have like six big guys who are free agents, so I think they're going to have some uh, veterans men or mid-level type money to give to Ariza yeah. or, and some other like veteran type players. Yeah, so are we getting into the draft now or what? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's really the only thing left on the docket right now. I mean, uh, now that we've kind of addressed free agency in the finals. So, I guess, well, who do you see going number one? I mean, obviously, Phoenix has the number one pick. Uh, are they going to stay in Arizona and go with Aiton from Arizona? Yeah, DeAndre Aiton's a lock to go number one. I mean, it was pretty much that way. And now even Vegas knows that he's minus 2,500 to go number one, so you have to bet 2500 to win 100 So he's a lock. He's going one. He was. He went to high school in Phoenix. He went to Arizona, so it all makes sense. He's going number one. And then Aiton, obviously, as skilled as he is, obviously he's kind of has a modern-day big man game, and he plays de- defense very well, too. Uh, but one thing that kind of worries me with him, obviously he's a big guy, and... He's, he runs kind of slow. I mean, I don't know if he's nimble enough. Are there kind of injury concerns with him for his NBA career? What do you think? Yeah, there's always injury concerns with any big guy, but 
you're not going to pass up on, on the big, even with today's game. He's, he's, he's really good. He's going to be an amazing basketball player. Okay, for sure. So we're Phoenix uh, kind of building their young three that we've, we might see for the next five, seven seasons. Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, hopefully DeAndre Ayton works out for them. Looks like they're going to go with him, and I think we're we're going to agree that Phoenix is going to take him. But number two, obviously, the, the team that, in my opinion, has been kind of the most dis- dysfunctional for the last probably like seven, eight seasons, the NBA, Sacramento Kings. And they've drafted awfully for – I can't remember the last time they had a decent da- draft pick. It was probably like nine years ago. With or 10 years ago with Tyreek Evans or something, and he wasn't even anything to write home about. So where is Vlade and the, their management team's mind? Where are they going? I mean, do they go Marvin Bagley? Do they go with the European and Doncic? Where where are they looking right now to for that number two pick? What do you think? I heard reports that they're going with Marvin Bagley, but I have a feeling they're going to go with Luka Doncic and just F up. I think Marvin Bagley's better. I think they're going to end up going with, but they should go with Marvin Bagley. Okay, yeah, Marvin Bagley, obviously, I mean, kind of one of the the better players from Duke, obviously. I mean, he seems very versatile at the power forward position, modern-day NBA-type game, and he, ru- he runs the floor very well. But Luka Doncic, obviously, some people have argued that he's playing in – with amongst better competition in the EuroLeague compared to all these other guys that are playing college basketball level uh, players, uh, kind of young guys like 18, 19, where as Luca is playing against veteran-type players in one of the better leagues in the entire world, obviously probably second to the NBA in the EuroLeague. So what do we see from Luka Doncic? Because that kind of seems like the, the pick that Vlade would go with, a European guy that kind of is kind of with the same kind of culture as Vlade, kind of grew up with the same basketball culture. So Vlade's not going to go with Luka. You think he's going to go with Marvin? I hope he does for, for his own sake. Okay, interesting. So, I mean, I guess going down the line, I guess some other big names. I mean, who who's the... Other big name that stands out other than those three we just mentioned. Uh, you have Mo Bamba, Michael Porter Jr., Trey Young. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Okay, I mean, one question I kind of want to pose to you is in regards to kind of the three top point guards. Obviously, if this was a question I posed to you back early February, late January, it would probably be Trey Young unanimous. That you would, the decision you would give me, but I guess today things are a little different. Uh, some other point guards have emerged. Uh, we've seen more of them, and Trey Young kind of fizzled at the end of the season. So, amongst the top three point guards, who do you like most? Trey Young, Colin Sexton from Alabama, or Shai Gilgis Alexander from Kentucky? I think I like the Kentucky player. I forgot his name. I watched some film on him, but. I still think Trey Young is going to come out to be the best, but he needs he needs some time to develop. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I I like Gilgis Alexander the best at the current moment, as far as the top three point guards in the in the draft, just because I mean, I think he's like six seven. His wingspan is like seven foot. He's a lot, he's a lot of length. I think he can become an elite shooter in the NBA, and 
as we've seen kind of in the NBA recently, I mean, you don't need to be a traditional 6'1", 6'2", type player to play point guard. I mean, obviously, we've seen skilled type ball handlers at pretty much any size now between 5'11", to like 6'11". Obviously, we've seen the Warriors, they have like five of those type guys between like 6'6 to 6'9, 6'10. They can handle the ball, dish the ball, play make, play defense, guard multiple positions. I think Shea Gilgis Alexander has that footprint to kind of ball handle, play make, set up, facilitate for teammates, play good defense. And I think he can become an elite shooter at the NBA level as well. But obviously, Trey Young, I mean, obviously, mo- most people kind of compare him to Steph Curry just because he's kind of small. He shoots three, the three ball well, and he can kind of get to the lane as well. So any any chance that he has potential to be as good as Curry in the NBA, what do you think? Uh, I don't think he has. But, I mean, you can't say no. I'm not sold on Trey Young yet. not saying he won't be great, but he, he always has potential to be a Curry, but uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I would say no, but you never know from the guy. He he looks pretty good. He does. Everyone's saying that because they look alike too. They uh, they're both light skin. They both shoot the three well. They both don't play defense. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what else, but I, I'm not sold on Trey yet. Okay, and as far as uh, Cleveland, obviously they got kind of got to make this pick at number eight that they got. In the trade for Kyrie last season, kind of they kind of got to look at it both ways. I mean, kind of anticipating LeBron being there or not, they kind of got to pick in that kind of with a mindset that LeBron's not coming back. So, I mean, what do you think they're going with? You think they're going with point guard with Trey Young or Gilgis Alexander? Do you think they try to go for Wendell Carter Jr. from Duke? What What do you think is the play for them there at number eight? If I was Cleveland, I would go with Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, or Trey Young. Okay. All right, for sure. Uh, and I guess lastly, we'll get into kind of the at the bottom half, bottom of the lottery. My Clippers with the twelve and thirteen picks. Where do you think they're going to go? I mean, with twelve and thirteen, I mean, what are some guys that you think that will kind of be there for them to take? I really don't know where they're going to go, but. There's one guy who I like who's going to go probably like 15 to 20. Zaheer Smith out of Texas Tech. He's going to be a big sleeper. A lot of teams are trying to trade up for him. Very athletic player. Good defender. Needs help. Needs to improve his offense. But Lakers are even interested in trading up, and I hope they do for him. I watch film on him. Watch some of his games throughout the season. He's very athletic. Great defender. He's a great player. I think... He's going to be the, the steal of the draft. Okay, for sure. So for me, obviously, as a Clipper fan, I mean, I would love if for some somehow, some way, that Kevin Knox, the small forward from Kentucky, drops down and is still available at the number 12. And if they're able to get him and Mikel Bridges from Villanova, I think that's a slam dunk for the Clippers if they're able to get both those guys. But ideally, at least one of those guys and – I think Mikal Bridges will be there at tw- the number 12 or 13 pick, and I think he's a good 3 and D type guy. I think he has potential to kind of be similar to kind of uh, Clay Thompson, spot-up three-point shooter, excellent defender, versatile defender. So I think hopefully he's there, and hopefully I think the, the Clippers should pick him at that number 12 spot. Yeah, absolutely. I 
Stokely and there's a couple other people. I mean, do you, do you think Grayson Allen's going to get drafted? I think he's probably a late first rounder, early second round. I mean, maybe. I mean, he could go to possibly go to Golden State. I mean, that could be a, kind of a destination for him. I mean, I could yeah. see Golden State kind of drafting him late first round with that 27th or 28th pick, I think. How about Leangelo Ball, BBB, big baller brand? Leangelo Ball, any any GM that drafts Leangelo Ball deserves to get fired. I don't think he's... Damn, no BOD? Come on. None. Man. Zero. Oh, ransom fucking BOD, man. Come on. Zero fucking BOD for Leangelo Ball. Zero, zero fucking BOD for the Ball family. Other than okay. Other than maybe Lonzo. Yeah, but I mean, any GM, like I said, that drafts Leangelo Ball deserves to get fired on the spot because I don't even think he has enough talent to play in Lithuania. He was just playing for kind of uh, publicity purposes, public relations type purposes. I don't think he's talented enough to play even in Lithuania at their professional league. So let alone at the NBA, the best league in the world, so... That's going to be very tough for me to see. I will be very surprised if he goes anywhere in the drafts. So wow, summer, no summer league might be an, might be another story. Obviously, some team might bring him on for publicity purposes. So we'll see. That that remains yet to be seen. But he deserve it does not deserve to be drafted by any team in this draft. Do you think any big trades are going to happen? I mean, Dwight got traded today. He got, he got traded the same day he got traded last year. It's going to be National Dwight Howard Trade Day. Yeah, obviously, I mean, there's probably going to be some trades, obviously, with draft picks moving up. Obviously, the the big one everyone ta- is talking about is Memphis, possibly. Memphis is really uh, looking forward, and it's kind of adamant to move out of the four spot and kind of get rid of... Uh, Chandler Parsons contract as well to kind of get maybe a lower draft pick in return. Yeah, so. I think another reason that is because Mo Bamba didn't want to work out for them and he, he does because he doesn't want to play in Memphis. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. He probably doesn't want to share time with Marcus Saul and he probably wants to go to a position that kind of is going to allow him to kind of just uh, – hit the ground running and kind of be the star big man for that team. And obviously, as we've seen from his combine and stuff, he's very agile. He runs really fast. He has a modern-day big man game, and that's kind of, I think, uh, mandatory for any big guy that's kind of coming in the NBA today because it seems like these centers like Dwight Howard and Clint Capella and DeAndre Jordan are kind of becoming obsolete in some ways just because, I mean, you can't play them against certain teams and... Again, you can't play them in crucial, crucial stretches sometimes because of their free throw shooting and their lack of t- ability to space the floor and hit jump shots. So I think he he's shown that he can shoot threes. He's shown that he can, he, can, he can run the floor. So obviously he wants to hit the ground running right away and go into a situation where he's going to start and play big minutes and contribute right away. Yeah, they're saying the Knicks are interested in trading up for him. I think that would be a good fit for him. Yeah, I mean, that playing in New York is not for everyone, so uh, hopefully he can be ready for that NYC spotlight. So that's really the only thing I'm worried about with New York. But other than that, I mean, obviously he'll hit the ground running there because it looks like Chris Tapps Porzingis is going to miss a lot of time next season due to his injury. Yeah, they're saying he's most likely going to miss the whole season. 
Yeah, so, I mean, he's going to have a good opportunity if he goes to the Knicks. Obviously, if he goes to the Mavs at five as well, and maybe even to the Bulls at seven, he'll have a good opportunity, in my opinion, as well. So. A lot of, a lot of teams are trying to trade up for him. I think he's going to be good. I'm pretty high on him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's had a great combine. He's get generating a lot of interest recently just because of how fast he, he can run and how, how well he can space the floor and shoot jumpers and three-pointers. So, I mean, it should be interesting to see where he goes. And obviously, I mean, there might be some trades. I mean, I don't think there's going to be anything major like Kawhi-level type trades tomorrow. That will probably come later in the summer, kind of around free agency time or maybe even past that. But obviously, there'll be minor trades like there always is between teams trading draft rights, teams moving up, moving down a little. Okay, so a third brother. So they already had a failed project with Thanasis. I, I think I don't think he's in the league anymore. So. I don't know if he'll get drafted. I mean, I could see him. I could see Milwaukee bringing him in for the minimum, though, just to just to play with Giannis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, some team might might draft him in the second round or give him a summer league contract at the very least. I mean, it's it's worth it. I mean, you got nothing to lose in that that scenario if he can even be half the player that. Giannis is, so. So I guess. To change the topic. How do you feel about the Clippers giving Doc Rivers an extension? I don't think he deserved it, but everyone said he did so great with the injuries they had and uh, trading Blake Griffin away. Yeah, coaching wise, I don't really have a problem with Doc Rivers. I think he's fine. I think where I have a problem with Doc Rivers is where he has authority and kind of the autonomy to be the GM and the coach. I think there needs to be a segregation of duties there, and I that's... the Clippers already took that away last season. Yeah, but they kind of didn't take it fully away. They, I mean, they need to take it fully away. He needs to be just the head coach, in my opinion. They need to bring a legitimate GM in there. So there's kind of some separation, segregation of duties there, and kind of just some... You're able to delegate because when... When, when you have your son on the team and you influence kind of personnel decisions, who, who comes on the team, then kind of emotions kind of play in and biases and stuff like that. And I don't think he's a very good GM. I think he's he can be a pretty good coach, obviously, as he's shown with Boston and then kind of in the first four or five seasons with the Clippers. So, but he, he does not need to be the GM. They need to take remove that fully from him hire a gm and then i think just hope that they hit big on some of these draft picks and then they're obviously in order to contend again they're gonna have to hit some sort of big free agent within the next year two to three years so that's really the the big hope for them yeah absolutely that's why they brought jerry west and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, Jerry West, I mean, turned around Golden State pretty quickly as kind of a consultant. I mean, he, he had a big part there. I mean, he went to Memphis, and they had their kind of their best run. So, I mean, hopefully he can do the same thing with the Clippers and kind of bring them into back into kind of semi-contention like they were with Chris Paul and the Blake Griffin era. Hopefully kind of get past that area and go to the conference finals and the finals, but that remains to be seen. And we'll see what happens with that. But I guess in regards to the draft or free agency, any other topics you want to touch on that we didn't really hit yet? Nope, that's pretty much it. 
Alrighty then. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for coming on, Rebound. Thanks for having me on. Shout out to my boys, Zoo and Nas. All right. Shout out to Zoo and Nas and shout out to everyone else for listening. Thank you guys so much. And hope you guys enjoy the NBA draft. We'll be back in a couple weeks to discuss the draft, all the draft picks, and to discuss all the free agency scuttlebutt, all the free agency chatter. Until then, uh, be safe and enjoy the draft. Thank you.